Hello and welcome to The Room of Lives. I'm your host, Neil. In this part of our conversation, neuroscientist Rishi tells me about his time wandering around the colonial Indian city of Kolkata, where I'm from, while he was writing for a newspaper and a cookbook. We then explore his ideas for a structuralist cookbook on the theory and general organizing principles of Indian cooking. Okay, so I read one of your blog posts today, <laughs> which um, like it was written ages ago, I think. Yeah, you were talking about some of your experiences when you were in Calcutta. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a great time. So I want to hear a little bit more about your stint as a journalist in Calcutta. What what paper were you writing for? The Telegraph. Oh, that's pretty big. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I somehow drifted into the supplements, writing about like bits and pieces of local mm-hmm. life. How did you... How did you get started writing I, that paper? I wanted to move at the end of college. My two like my plans were, you know, I wanted to go back to India and do like radical social justice work and study yoga and meditation and to write a novel as everyone wants to do after college. Um, and you know, I mean, Calcutta is the city my friends grew up, and it seemed like I was really interested in this idea of kind of Calcutta's great modernist city. Um, kind of like forgotten modernist city. So, you know, I'm very interested in these moments, like kind of late 19th, early 20th century around the world and what they're doing, what's happening in art and literature. Um, and I kind of had this idea for taking, you know, I feel like that these tropes that recur in these modernist novels, this kind of like wandering detective, this kind of, you know, this kind of let this kind of flaneur wandering through the city, these kind of, um, and I wanted to put that together with, I've been wanting to write a cookbook and I had kind of a narrative voice, like an authorial voice. Um, and I had this imagined cook character based on my grandmother's old cook a little bit, but there's also this, you know, but also based on the cook in the Zen monasteries, who's always the first one to get enlightened. Um, but it's also like, you know, very playful and ironic. Um, and so there was this kind of like, intersection of tropes i'm still i still have many writing projects yeah that are taking some of those ideas that i never <clears> actually finished um and so i thought and i was kind of feeling pretty a little bit disillusioned from my stint on the farm it, in many ways it was great but i hadn't quite found what i was looking for in terms of some sort of either spiritual enlightenment to some sort of social you know being set afire by some sort of social cause and i was like well what's a good way to wander around Calcutta mm. and do a bunch of writing and get to know the city a little bit better. Um, and so I had an uncle who knew someone there, and they were like, oh, yeah, we always need, like, we need writers. We won't pay you very much, but you can come work for us. Um, and my aunt had, like, an empty room below her house, so I could live opposite my mad uncle. Hmm. Um, again, it felt, like, very appropriate. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and I spent a few months there just wandering around writing my Bengali was really terrible it's kind of like non-existent now and used to be terrible then but it kind of got to a point where I could like hold a bad interview with someone Mm. um and 
you know, kind of like make it work. Mm. But it was, but it was a lot of fun because I was writing about, you know, if you're covering like the North or South Calcutta supplement in, you know, you're, you're kind of out of most of the interesting, important news. Yeah. And you get to focus on these slightly random human interest stories. And then Calcutta really does still have, you know, like great intellectual culture. Mm. And a lot of people very interested in, you know, like playful writing or hearing about, like, you know, and it has, still has a lot of, I mean, it has a lot of history. It's kind of like fade. I'm also like really fascinated by this sense of faded grandeur because mm. I, you know, grew up hearing a lot of, about that through my parents' stories, my grandparents' stories. I kind of saw that a little bit in their lives. Like, they both grew up in these these lovely old big homes that, you know, have now vanished. Hmm. Um, and the kind of... And so it was the chance for me to kind of... So it feels like there's a lot of both richness, there's a lot of melancholy, there's a lot of... But there's also a lot of, like, you know, like, playfulness, which I really like. A lot of, like, wonderful street life. Like, it still feels to me like a great world city. Um, and so, yeah, I spent a bunch of time just interviewing. A lot of my writing was less, um, was a little bit more straight list than I wanted it to be mm. because of the editors. Yeah. But towards the, especially towards the end, I think they, like, I got good reader feedback about my food writing. And so yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that yeah. kind of helped. Speaking of uh, food writing, you wanted to talk about, you know, food cooking and something else that I've never heard about, a structuralist cookbook? I was just kind of like buds off my, you know, one of my projects is, I feel for a lot of cuisines, you know, if you pick up, say, like a good French cookbook, it's not a collection of recipes. Mm. It's a set of, you know, it's like structures of the cuisines based upon, like, what goes in a mirepoix, what should you, like, saute as the base of a braise. Um, and then sauce, um, and so, so I think about Levi Strauss has, you know, this brief moment where he talks about structural oppositions of cuisines based upon, like, what goes with what, what doesn't go with what, like, how does a meal unfold? And I was trying to think about ways, I feel like there are a lot of nice Indian cookbooks out there, but there are very few that I feel like um, really seek out principles. And this is kind of the opposite of what I was saying about science. And I mm. can talk about why I think that's fine and in some ways it's kind of the relationship between structuralism and what goes before and post-structuralism but um, I wanted to write a cookbook that really sort of identified principles and then showed how they worked out in different dishes and so you might even you know even to ask the question like what makes a dish Indian or subcontinental mm. as opposed to say French or Chinese mm. like what are we picking out are there things we can pick out mm. and then if you or if you just like pick up someone like you know, if you pick up your, like, say, like, let's say my mother or my father, and you ask them to make an Indian meal without without a recipe, they'll do something. What, what, like, what is that something they're doing? Like, what, what organizes that something? Like, what do they decide to put where? Hmm. Why do they, you know, for example, they might, you might, they might heat oil and throw whole spices in hmm. and then follow that with something else. But so trying to figure out what that something is, that, that kind of, like, shared yeah. practical knowledge that underlies. Yeah. I think this kind of mirrors your curiosity and, in thinking about the brain, for example, what are the general organizing principles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and even though I'm skeptical of organizing principles, I still think they're invaluable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, and then I've always loved to cook. I grew up cooking a lot. I lived in a big co-op in college, and some of my happiest times were cooking there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've always thrown like you know dinner parties and yeah. Um,
Thank you for visiting us today in the Room of Lives. In the next and final part, Rishi talks about the intense episodes of obsessive-compulsive disorder around fears of death that he began experiencing in high school, which would cause him to behave in extreme ways such as washing his hands until they bled. We discuss his experiences in spirituality that have helped with these obsessive thoughts, and we end with his visions for the future of his life and research. Thank you.